0: Hey, it's Ian Altman. People would come to me and say, can you build a community where we can interact with other people who are applying same-side selling to their business? And that's what we built with the Same-Side Selling Academy. Best of all, right now, it's totally free. So go to samesidesellingacademy.com, sign up there, and be a part of the community. And just I encourage you to be an active member of that community. I look forward to seeing you there. Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode, I'm joined by Yigal Adado. Now, Yigal is a leadership expert. He's a speaker and executive coach to business owners. This is a guy who's been a longtime entrepreneur running very successful businesses, and now he dedicates himself to helping business owners master self-leadership skills so they can make more money, have less stress, and really have more freedom to spend time with the people they love and do what they love. And I will tell you that there's a lot of people in this space where there's a bunch of hype, and Yigal tells it like it is, and I couldn't be happier than to have him on the program. We're going to talk about the biggest misconception when it comes to leadership. We'll talk about the clarity you need to figure out what's going on in your world to help you achieve your true potential, and then figuring out where you want to be and how to get there so you can actually achieve your goals, not just talk about them. You're going to learn a ton. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Here's Yigal Adada. Yigal, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here, brother. You know, every time you post something, every time you share something, I catch myself going, man, that was so smart. That is so inspirational. So I'm just excited for you to share your wisdom with our audience because if they get half as much value out of it as I do then that means I get twice as much benefit as they do. So I'm I'm okay with that.
1: (laughs) Thanks, man. Thank you so much for the kind words. And I'm excited to talk to you and talk to your listeners. so.
0: So tell our audience something surprising about you that they may not know.
1: Sure. So I used to be in a band way back in the day, and we actually opened Woodstock 99. Really? Yeah. We were the opening band. We won a competition from some website. We got flown out to New York. Opened and had thousands of people watching us, and uh, it was
0: a lot of fun. And were you a singer or did you play an instrument? I was a singer. Singer? Yeah. So you played the vocal instrument. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. Your big expertise I want to tap into has to do with leadership. And very often I'll talk to people and they'll say to me, well – I know this is the stuff I should do. I I know I'd be better off in sales if I did this. I know my team would be better off, my company would be better off, my family would be better off if I did these things. But you know, I just just, you know, other stuff always comes up and I don't get to it. So, what's the biggest mistake or misconception people make when it comes to that type of leadership?
1: So, I think the biggest misconception is trying to lead without mastering self leadership. Okay. And if you read a lot of my posts, I talk a lot about like leading yourself first, right? And knowing who you are, what you want, and being committed to what you say you're going to do. You know, I have a I have a phrase that I tell my clients, I say, leading with baggage is misleading. <laughs> it's it's really hard to go out there and lead a team and lead a company if things at home aren't going well, if you feel like you're unhealthy, if You don't have commitment to things in your life and then you go – and you say, hey, but I'm different at work, right? Well, that's not really the case. I think the biggest misconception is if you lead your life the way you lead work, you'll have a lot more success.
0: So give me me some examples of kind of the the pitfalls that people fall into and kind of the scenarios because I'm guessing as you describe them, our listeners are going to be like – yeah, you just described me to a T. So so what what might that look like in the wild? So first, first thing is
1: clarity. And I call it extreme clarity and I do something with, you know, when, when I give speeches or I, I'm working with a client where we write down what's happening in your life, in your relationships, in your business right now. But the most important thing is to not hold back, to tell the truth, and to not lie. Because when we hold back the truth, it's hard to get to where we want to get to. If you want to increase your sales, if you want to have a great relationship, um, if you want to lose weight, whatever it is that you want to do, if you're not honest with yourself 100%, uh, it's going to kind of give you a speed bump to get to where you want to go. So I think the biggest uh, pitfall is that leaders, business leaders and CEOs and salespeople, they don't sit and... Just write down what's happening in their lives because there's kind of like a fear, right? If you write down, hey, um, my business uh, isn't going the way I want it to. We're down 25%. That's something that you can look at the numbers day in and day out. But if you sit down and you say, you know what? My team doesn't like me too much. My wife and I, our relationship is rocky. I'm not spending enough time with my kids. I get winded when I walk up the stairs. Those are the types of realities that, as business owners, we're so preoccupied with other stuff that we tend to not sit and just reflect and write and say,
0: this is where I am today. So how does that manifest itself? So if I'm a CEO, if I'm a senior executive, even if I'm a salesperson, and I'm having those issues at home, a lot of people have this conception that, hey, look, that's my home life, but it doesn't really affect me at work. So how does it actually affect them at work? So I'll, I'll tell you from my
1: experience and then hopefully, um, somebody listening can say, Oh, I can relate to that. Right? So I ran a company, we were doing, uh, about $5 million a year. I had just gotten married. And one day my wife sat me down and she said, I didn't get married to be alone. So before that, I thought I was, you know, successful. I was going and doing and making money, but the truth was that I was doing one thing while giving up something else. So how does that manifest at work? I was pretending that everything was okay at work. And the truth is that my employees can see it. And at some point people would walk up to me and I remember I recall this. They would say, Hey Eagle, are you okay? Like, yeah, man, everything's fine. Like we're rocking it, sales are coming in, business is great. And again, are you sure you're okay? And I realize this now that they would ask me those questions, right? Yeah. And they can see it. So what would happen is it manifests that if my employees are afraid that I'm not okay, they're going to be afraid that their job isn't secure.
0: Ah, interesting. And
1: they're, they're, they're going to treat the customers with fear as opposed to with epic customer service.
0: And my guess is the same probably applies – with salespeople and their customers. So if your nonverbal communication shows that you've got some insecurity or something not right at home, your client doesn't necessarily say, oh, you know what? It's okay. It's probably just something going on at his his house or something with his family or his personal life. Instead, your client says, something's not right. I don't know what it is. I'm just not going forward with this deal because something doesn't feel right. Yes.
1: And especially they see that because If you're not consistent, right, in other places and you're making small little mistakes, lack of focus. I mean, picture this, Ian. You're about to come into a meeting, right, and you're about to close a deal. And I listened to one of your last podcasts and you were talking about $50,000 deals, right? If you're in the car and you're prepped and your wife calls you and she is upset and you guys are at each other's throats and you're going at it and you walk out to walk into that meeting – it's going to be really, really hard to focus and close that deal.
0: Oh yeah, because there's something else going on in the background. I remember, yeah. I, I remember, I was speaking at an event, I was doing a keynote, and my dad, God bless him, turns 90 in January, and wow. and I'd gotten a, I'd gotten a phone call like ten minutes beforehand that said, "Oh, you know what? He um." He fell, hurt, hit his head. He's going into surgery, but we're here. It's okay. And I don't even remember giving the talk. I mean, it was like <laughs> 10, 15 minutes before I went on stage. My head was spinning, and it was like I gave the talk, and people said it was good, but like, I don't remember any of the interactions. I don't remember the opening and the closing, and I guess it speaks to rehearsal and preparation but there was one person in the audience who had seen me a bunch of times, and I came off stage and he goes, Hey, are you okay? What's going on? And wow. I said, Why? He goes, No, your performance was great, but there was just something that, like, I could tell there was something else going on in your mind. And wow. I told the guy, but it was like, you know, at the time, I'm like, No, I'll be fine. I can just turn it on. I can turn that off, turn this on. I'll be okay. But this guy who had seen me a bunch of times could tell that it wasn't right.
1: And it happens a lot. You know, as, as business leaders, we get a lot of pats on the back for for making money, right? How much are you profiting? What's, you know, what's your gross? What's your net? What's going on? What's the growth pattern? And many times we don't get pats on the backs for, hey, how are you? How are you feeling? How's your family? Um, how's your marriage? How are your kids? And so we go after the money. Yeah. We go after getting um you know, accolades for making money as opposed to having a marriage that's working or having a great relationship with our kids or having good health. You know, I was working with a client once, uh, wanted to take his company from 25 to million to $50 million and wanted me to come in and work with his leadership team. And I asked him a couple of questions. And I said, great. Um, how many managers do you have? And he let me know. And I kind of felt that something was wrong during the conversation, Right. And so I asked, I said, how's your marriage? And he said, does it matter? I said, totally. Just answer the question, then I'll let you know why. And he said, my marriage sucks. We're fighting consistently. I am out of the house as soon as I can get up, and I stay late at work. I take so-called business trips just to get away. And it's I'm miserable. I am miserable. And I said, And I'm sorry, but if you want to lead, you need to fix that first because I guarantee you that your management team, your employees, everyone sees that angst. Everyone feels it, right? They're not going to say anything to you because you're the boss. There's a lot of people who you can make them move the filing cabinet from the left to the right 50 times. They're going to say yes, sir, and do it 50 times, but they feel it. It's it's inside them and they get scared. So in order to grow your your company to sell more, if you're not taking care of the personal stuff and leading yourself, it's going to manifest with fear within your company, insecurity.
0: You talk about leading. The first thing you talked about is this concept of clarity. So if if people want to right this ship and they want to be effective at leading others and I guess from listening to you, starting with themselves because you can't lead others without getting yourself right first – so what's the framework that people can follow that's going to make a difference for them to help um, to help put them on a better path?
1: Okay. So the first thing you do is you sit down and you write, uh, where am I today? No lies. Don't hold back on the truth. You're not going to turn this in as an assignment, right? You don't have to show it to anybody and just write down, where am I in my life today with my health, with my mindset? Where am I in my relationship today? With my spouse, with my kids, with my fiance, whatever it is that you have, right? With my family and where am I in my business today? Not saying like in my business, oh, I'm at, you know, this much profit. Just how do you feel at the moment with your business? After that, I want you to write down where you want to be. So in my life, I want to go to the gym twice a week, lose 20 pounds. In my relationship, I want to have uh, more intimacy with my spouse, I want to go on date night and I or I just want to be able to talk without fighting. Right? It can be as simple as that. And then in my business, I want to feel more motivated to work. I want to grow my business by 5%. I want to bring down the expenses by 10% whatever that is that metric. After you write those two down, on the third column, I go into what's called courage. And courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is asking fear to step aside because you're on a mission. And I'm going to repeat that. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's asking fear to step aside for a moment, knowing it's there because you're on a mission to get to where you need to get to. Love it. So in the third column, I want you to write down one courageous action you need to take in the next 48 hours to get you from where you are today to where you need to go. And I'll give you an example.
0: And by the way, why within 48 hours? I, I, because I because I know you and nothing is accidental. So you have yeah. an intentional reason why it's within 48 hours and that's why I'm asking.
1: If you don't take the action within 48 hours, the list that you made, the emotion that comes up from it. Because emotion is going to come up, right? On the first column, you're going to have some anxiety when you write down the truth maybe some stress on the next column. You're going to have some excitement like, Oh yeah, I want to have, be more intimate with my wife. I want to lose some weight. I want to grow my business. And there's some excitement there. If action isn't taken, you lose that emotion. Great. And that emotion is going to cause you to take action. Okay. So give me the example now. So in mine, if you go back and you read what I wrote back in the day, it was after my wife said, I, didn't get married to be alone so i looked at myself in the mirror i personally was 40 pounds overweight i was sluggish i was tired so in my life i wrote down i want to get fit um i want to go to the gym with my wife i wrote down i want to connect more with my wife so i want to go on a date night every week i never want my wife to feel like she's alone i want to have more intimacy with her and then in my business back in the day it was i want to grow my Business by 8%. I want to decrease my expenses by 5%. And it was some other stuff that was in there, right? Yep. So the courageous action. Now, this action isn't going to cause you to go from A to B right away. Keep that in mind. But it's going to give you momentum to move forward. My action for my life was get a personal trainer because I was a lazy butt and I wasn't going to the gym and I knew myself. And if I didn't pay for it, I wasn't going. So I went out and I started researching and I got myself a trainer. In my relationship, my action was having a conversation with my wife. Having a real in-depth conversation with my wife about what I feel and why I'm not present. And that was one of the scariest things I've done in because I don't come from a lineage of emotionally open people. Everything is kind of swept under the rug. You come to a dinner and it's, hey, how are you? Oh, business is great. Yeah. Right? That's what I was taught. So having a conversation with my wife was the scariest thing I've ever done. And that was on my list. So I went and I did it and it was incredible. With my business, when I wrote that, I realized that I didn't just need to go out there and sell. I needed to take care of myself and my mindset in order to grow the business so what i said was i need to go out there and get uh, at that time which was uh, about six years ago i said i'm gonna go to therapy because if my mindset isn't right right or therapist or a coach whatever you want to get if my mindset isn't right i can't grow this business
0: yeah
1: or i can grow it and it'll be chaotic and so that's what mine looked like so i just took a courageous action that I've never taken before, something I haven't considered in the past to actually do, right? Because January 1st came around and I always had my, my annual goals and I want to get them done like everybody else, but I took action. Within 48 hours, I hired the trainer, had the conversation with my wife, and I went out there and I hired myself a coach to, to move the business. And so I created momentum. I was like, okay, I took action and it was a win, Because what happens is, if you don't have a win, your subconscious tacks it up as a failure. Quickly, like if if your wife says, hey, go take out the garbage, and you don't do it, it's like, boop, failure. If you say, hey, I'm going to go to the gym, and you don't go, boop, failure. So what happens is your subconscious takes all this information, and when you have this incredibly big idea, you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to do this. Your subconscious says, wait a second, brother. Let's go back in time. I've got 37 moments right here where you said you were going to do something and you didn't do
0: it. It's interesting you say that. When when I did the best in terms of fitness and, and getting myself on track, which I've since derailed, but now you're inspiring me to get back onto it, was I said, okay, I'm never going to go two days without going to the gym. So I can skip it. I can go every other day, but it's never going to go two days. And there were times where – I would show up at the gym. They close at 10 o'clock. I'd show up there at 9 o'clock at night. They're like, you're here at 9? You're never here at 9. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, but I, I had to go today. I had to get here. And it just became like whatever – like I had to figure out a way to get to the gym. And and it's interesting. I look back. It was like I ended up having an injury. I broke that cycle and then I never really got back into it.
1: So – and I, I also say that a lack of consistency breeds insecurity. So if you're consistent with going to the gym, like you just said, then you, form, you feel more secure with yourself and you're more confident in yourself and you keep going. If you break the consistency, it starts breeding insecurity within yourself. Am I good enough? Am I, can, can I do this? Why am I doing this? And your mind starts doing this crazy marathon and then you just sit at home. Yeah. So being consistent with taking action is important. That's why I need you to do it within 48 hours. So you take the action. You go. You go. You move, and you make that commitment, causing that consistency.
0: Are they all C? So is it clarity, courage, and consistency?
1: Yeah, so it's clarity, courage, and commitment. I've got, 10, uh, I've got 10 keys that are like the foundational leadership keys for me, and you can find it um, when we talk about how you find me. Um, but, yeah, it's clarity, courage, and commitment. That's like the foundation of leadership. You get the clarity, where you are today, where you want to go. You take a courageous action, and then you commit to the action. Yeah. You commit 100% to taking that action.
0: People are listening in right now and they're saying, okay, so man, some of this stuff it's really like, it's really struck a chord for me. And so, okay, I can, I can write this three column table and I can come up and say, okay, this is my truth and kind of where I'm at. And I'm not going to mince words, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's just, here's what I like or don't like about where I'm at right now. And then these are my goals for where I want to be. And then this is the action I'm going to take within 48 hours. So, from a structure standpoint, I get that. So, what's the best thing for people to do to ensure that accountability so they're actually executing it and following through? Because, you know, th- there's a lot of people that have the best of intentions and never actually execute. Usually, then they blame somebody else. But so, how do we hold yeah. ourselves accountable <laughs> to make sure these things take place?
1: So, uh, the fourth C, which is the fourth key, is connection. Yep. And I believe that you have to connect with those in your life that you love and let them know what's going on. So if you connect with your spouse and you say, hey, um, I've written down these new goals and I really want to commit to it. And so I'm sharing it with you so that you can hold me accountable. And when you share them and you make them reality, now now you've got some eyes on you that you have to get it done. If you just keep it to yourself, it doesn't really work out. Um, another way that, you know, sometimes, Some people do is, you know, they they hire out a coach. They say, hey, I'm not accountable. I haven't been able to be accountable to myself in the past 15 years. I'll pay somebody to give me a swift kick in the butt and be accountable to. And that works incredibly well as well. And then there's people who just need to post it everywhere. I have a guy who writes a um, like a three by five index card. He puts one on his mirror in the morning, one on his dashboard in the car, one in his office to remind himself what he needs to get done, what he wants to do. And if you think about it, Ian, it's not just about like, Oh, this is, is this like a goal creation course? It's not. It's about leading yourself, being able to be committed and taking action for you and being accountable to yourself so you can hold others accountable.
0: Once you do this and you get yourself in order, do you follow this same model when it comes to leading others?
1: Yes. So one of the biggest things that I learned from running a business, I had 50 employees, three locations, was the biggest mistake that my brother and I made is that we would talk amongst ourselves and then go out there and bark orders. As opposed to giving our employees extreme clarity on this is where we are right now. This is where we want to go and this is why. And here's the actions that we need to take as a team, as a collective to make that happen. Now, what do you think team? So many employers go out there and come up with this brilliant idea, go out and bark the order and expect the team to take it on. When all the team is going to say, and is like, Oh my God, here comes Egal walking out of the office, going to say some crazy idea again and expect us to do the work.
0: And they're not bought into it. So it just doesn't,
1: they adopt- it. Yeah, it just doesn't get done. And then you get upset. And why does it get done? I don't understand my team. I got to fire people. No,
0: no, no, it's your fault. That's fantastic. I mean, and so much of this, so much of this, I just think is is phenomenal because oftentimes I'm dealing with senior executives who are managing salespeople. And the first, the, the first thought for many of them is when something goes wrong, well, I'm going to blame my team. Uh-huh. And I often say, well, what is it that you're doing that's contributing to that? Yeah. And, and so I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, look, when people in my business and my businesses in the past weren't doing what we wanted to accomplish, the easiest thing to do is just blame them. The hardest thing to do is say, how am I enabling this? What am I doing? That's, how am I being complicit in this? And guess what? If you do some honest soul searching and you discover that you're not really doing anything, then you got, then you got a personnel issue. But more often than not, I found that, oh, you know what? I didn't communicate this well with the team. So it's not really their fault. Yeah, but I thought yeah. I communicated it, but clearly I didn't.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I just wrote a post on LinkedIn called Responsibility Versus Blame. And you know, in my life, I would blame people for stuff, blame my parents, and blame my upbringing, and blame my community. But there's a difference between the word responsibility and the word blame. And blame is the person that, that took the action. So if your sales – person made a mistake they might be to blame right but you're still responsible as the manager you're you're still responsible as the business owner and you're at fault because either they weren't taught correctly the procedures and processes wasn't um clarified correctly or extremely and so you have to take responsibility you know there's a lot of business owners today 33 percent of people of entrepreneurs are depressed and i say this in my speech and i got this from an article in the american psychology association something or other right yep and 33% of those people are depressed a big portion of those are doing some type of like a, a they're either like alcohol drug something to numb the pain and then they blame oh it's, not, it's my stress no, no like, take responsibility you're creating the stress you're creating the environment you're part of it So get it fixed. Do something about it. You know, if you take if you blame people, you get paralyzed. You can't take action. But responsibility is the ability to take some type of action wrong or right to
0: just move forward. It's interesting, you all the there's a question that I love to ask when I'm interviewing a salesperson. So occasionally I get a client that says, Well, the HR's interviewed him, I've interviewed him. Would you mind just taking a pass at him? I'll ask a few questions, but there's one main question I ask, which is tell me about a deal that you lost that you probably should have won and share with us why you think you lost it. Nice. And I really don't care what the detail is in the answer. But the answers come in one of only two categories. It's either, well, some external thing happened that I had no control over, and that's why I lost the deal. Or something happened and I should have known about it. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And that's why we lost the deal. And so people will often say, well, I mean, that external thing happened. So, you know you can't blame him or her. And I always say, look, that's not the last good excuse this guy's going to come up with. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like they're great to blame somebody else, but that's not it. So I want the person who accepts responsibility because we can teach them anything. Yeah. And, and I think the big message that I'm getting out of, out of your comments today is take that responsibility for yourself in your personal life, and it will have a dramatic impact on your professional life. Yes. In totally. your personal life.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, you said it right. If somebody gives an excuse and doesn't take responsibility, then they're going to be used to justifying and, and blaming others. Yeah. And if you do that in your personal relationships, you suck to be with. Yeah. See, you know what I mean? Yeah, like if you don't like that in others and that's how you are in, in
0: your personal life, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a big takeaway from today.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there's no prettier word I can use than you suck. So take responsibility for like where you are, who you are, who you're being and, and get out there and lead. Because when you take responsibility, that's when you can lead. And if you don't, you're just going to sit there stagnant and stagnant water is going to start stinking and smelling and get mosquitoes all over it.
0: <laughs> and it's not a pretty sight. That's a visual that we should leave it with. So, Igal, I know that you've got so much great information to share with people, and I love all the different things that you share. What's the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? Sure. So you can go to my website, unlocktheleader.com, and you can follow me on all
1: social media at Igaladado. So Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and reach out and say hello.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, Egal, thanks so much. I mean, I always learn something and get inspiration from speaking with you. I'm sure our audience does too, and I just really appreciate you for taking the time to share your wisdom with us. Thanks, Ian. It's I love talking to you, man. It's been a pleasure, and thank you once again. There was so much great information that Egal shared, and he's such a great guy. Be sure to check out his podcast, Small Business Big Leaders. I have no doubt. I haven't even listened to an episode yet. But everything Yigal writes and speaks, I just find so inspiring. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key information I think you can use and apply to your business right away. So remember, first, you cannot lead without leading yourself first. And get clarity around what's happening in your life, relationships, and business. And it's got to be truthful And that's where I think Yigal has a gift to draw that out of people. Because if you aren't okay, your employees will become fearful. And the favorite thing I I got from him is uh, that courage is asking fear to step aside. It's not about avoiding fear altogether. And think of one courageous action you can take within 48 hours. Because if you don't do it then, you probably won't. Remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. There's a topic you want me to cover. There's a guest I should have on the show. Just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. I love it when people send me a note about the reviews they posted in iTunes. I really appreciate that. And some of you have posted reviews of same-side selling also. Can't thank you enough. Have an amazing week. Add value and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.